If you enjoy the harrowing of Minerva Damson and want to join the Order of Joan in their fight against the monsters stalking the trenches, there are several ways you can support the war effort. Find us on Patreon and enlist, or donate to the Order on Acast. You can also connect with Order Headquarters via Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Links can be found in our bio. The Harrowing of Minerva Damson is a horror podcast and contains descriptions of war that some may find graphic or disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Good day, Fair Knights, and welcome to this season's wrap-up. As in wrap-ups before, this is a rather informal affair where the team behind the harrowing of Minerva Damson get together and chat about this season, future plans, and all sorts of things in between. We'd be happy for you to join us, so go ahead, pull up a chair, and make yourself comfortable while I roll back the tapes and get us started. Oh my god. She's no, spider cat so I, I really hope we keep this part in because currently our cat has plastered herself to, win- to the window like one of those suction cut Garfields. <laughs> and she just keeps climbing up the screen. That's a fun dance she was doing. Okay, you know what we have to do to begin? Sing the Beast Clavray song. Oh my god. Beast Clavray. He's our wolf and he's our bay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the season two wrap-up of the Harrowing of Minerva Damson podcast. I'm Jessica Linkhart. I am the writer, narrator, voice actress for Minnie Damson. Director. Director. <laughs> editor. Producer and editor. <laughs> sound artist. <laughs> sound artist. Sound everything. Mixer, every mm-hmm. Almost everything. And... And this is Jamie Sykes, voice of Beast Clavray, and one quarter of the Manigo. One quarter. <laughs> That's right. Well, and also just like various assorted bit voices. Bit voices. Yeah. Uh, this is Mitch Lewis. Um, I'm the graphic designer, also bit character, and also one fourth voice of the Manigo. <laughs> and I'm Claire Miller. I was one of the voice actresses for this season. I was also one of the Matigo voices and the voice of Selma at the very end. Yes. <laughs> Selma. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this little wrap-up is going to follow probably much the same format as previous wrap-ups. We're sitting around our little coffee table. We have a dog right next to us. 
We have some, a couple of good brews. Yeah, some, some, some hot toddies. Yes, and uh, we're all settled in. So booze and brews. <laughs> booze and brews. Um, <laughs> all right. So yeah, season two introduced a couple of really critical new characters. Mm-hmm. Characters um, that we're very excited about. Yes, that we're very excited about, and and that presented their own like unique challenges. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think when we went into season two, we knew that. The, the first thing we knew was that the Madigo was going to be sort of the... Uh... Madigo had to be something super special and super cool. And yeah. we had to figure out a way to convey what Jessica envisioned and what, yes. <laughs> what you wanted for the, the character. Yeah, so what I originally kind of wanted for this character and what made me think of this character was a, a couple of things, really. I'm a huge fan of the Old Kingdom trilogy by Garth Nix. And in that series, there's this, like, magical and incredibly sarcastic cat. Mogget. Uh, and I think, I, I think yeah, Mogget. Mogget has always had a very special place in my heart. And so it's no wonder that an iteration of that would appear in my work. Well, and he... he... The Matigo may also be serving a little bit of Thackeray Banks from Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose, but I, you know what? I actually didn't grow up with Hocus Pocus. Oh yeah, but you know, there's a, a long tradition of uh, asshole talking cats. Yes, there is. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of asshole uh, talking cat, uh, there's one in the window right now. Oh, <laughs> wanting to be let in. <laughs> and uh, the other thing, the the idea for the Matigo's voice, what I originally sort of envisioned was, I don't know, has everybody here seen The Prince of Egypt? Oh, yes, yes, of course. Yeah. So, you know, Classic. there's, like, the burning bush scene, right? Mm-hmm. And the voice of God is sort of this interesting mixture of, like, male and female voices. All those layered so, voices. Yeah. yeah. Fun fact about that. Um, the voice actor that did uh, the, the voice for... Um, Moses. Moses is Val actually Kilmer? the same. Yeah. He's actually the same voice that did God's voice. So oh. it's, yeah. it's an interesting kind of like introspection of this is the re- you know, this is your voice that you recognize and that you hold in authority. Well, and, and that's actually something that I had thought about with the Madigo and the way the Madigo sort of interacts with Minnie. And oh, everyone else is a reflection of their own voices. I didn't even in a way. Think I mean, that. the main voice. I mean, in a practical sense, it's that we have four voice actors yeah. <laughs> between us, mm-hmm. so we have to make do. But you could also interpret that as the Madigo using their their voices, voices to mm, communicate with them, but also kind of like influence them. And that puts a whole new spin on the tale that I didn't even think of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Matigo... Spooky cat, spooky cat, spooky cat. <laughs> uh, the Matigo is a really, really interesting entity. And uh, as I, I hope, <clears throat> I hope everybody else thought so too, that is not outright hostile to humans, but is not above manipulating them. As we have seen this season. Yes. So when I was doing research for the whole podcast... I ran across the Matigo, like the the mythical creature that I don't think a lot of people really know that much about from the south of France. And it's this little black cat that is usually considered evil, but can also bring you luck under the right conditions. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, I have to have it. (laughs) (laughs) But the Matigo was going to be our technical challenge to sort of realize that sort of interesting shifting 
layered. Definitely inhuman, but still kind of like appealing to humanness vibe. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we also had a lot of fun because um, for some lines, basically how we ended up achieving the effect of the Madigo's voice is I read all the lines, how like in the tone for the Madigo that I was thinking of. And then Claire would come in. She was the mm-hmm. first one to come in and like sit down and she'd listen to what I said and then like repeat it with usually the same intonation. But sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes slightly different. Yeah, because sometimes we wanted to have the Madigo sort of have several re- different sort of tones. Multifaceted. Or, yeah, reactions mm-hmm. to something. And then the boys would try to come in too and add to that. And it was yes. just... So- Trying to record mine, like oh, I was one, of, I was one of the last ones. Most of the mo- monologues was like bits of like maybe five syllables that I had to like re-listen to fifty times. I, so <laughs> I, I, I tend to speak actually pretty quickly uh-huh. <laughs> most of the time, and the Matago tends to have sort of a an interesting way of speaking anyway, and some sort of like weird sentence structures. But, you know, when you hear it, you don't really notice it. But if you were trying to repeat it mm-hmm. in, like, at exactly the same pace with very similar intonation, it starts becoming a bit of a challenge. A tongue so, twister, even. Yeah. Yes. Voice acting in itself is a challenge if you've never done it before. But then trying to match someone else's, like, cadence and inflection mm-hmm. and tones was a whole new set of challenges for this season. Yeah, and getting them to all line up, because then later, once everybody was done, I had to go and if there was any discrepancies, sort of trim and push and get them to all line up. Put them together and then put them in the <laughs> in the, in the it, episode. It's amazing how good the ear is at discerning, like, when sounds don't line up exactly. It is, and that's why it was such... Honestly, season two had some really finicky work. I really, like, okay, so my technique for, like, doing the Madigo thing was I was always, like, picking up on your beats for your cadence, and I was, like, using my arm motion yes, as, like, like a, talking a, with a, your yeah, arms. I, I talked with my <laughs> arms and, like, you know, just beat the beat the beat and, like, yes. just tried to fix it, Cause, cause otherwise certain... known as the Italian method. Yeah, because <laughs> there is a certain kind of cadence or rhythm to the way that the Madigo speaks, mm-hmm. for sure, but also I'm just, like... I'm really proud of you, Mitch. And I'm like glad oh. that you, I don't, like, <laughs> you, because 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 you like sat down and really just worked and worked and worked at it. And I know it wasn't always easy or fun just sitting there in the booth with me, just having to say like this line over and over and over again. But you did it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and and I just I you know it. admire that. And you and you didn't get irritated or frustrated or anything. I, I just kept doing it. I mean, the, the phrase, uh, you're killing me, Smalls, happened at least twice. Yes, yes, yes. Because, Very, like, like, good-natured. Some of the last ones, like, in, what was it, episode five or whatever, where it was, like, just a string monologue. Oh, yeah. And I just yeah. swivel my chair <laughs> while it's playing and just stare just I was just down. like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Well, that and, and episode three. Episode three was really oh, where Madigo. Episode Madigo's three talking. had a lot. <laughs> episode three is where the Madigo chews the scenery. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just monologuing and being this magical entity that only looks like a cat. <laughs> See, I thought one one of the interesting process things for me for the Madigo was so Jess and Claire laid down their tracks for it first, 
and they're kind of in a similar vocal range, so they would sort of like mesh together really well. And it already sounded like pretty, you know, surreal. Yeah. And then we layered in mine. And I'm so much lower than the two of them that it did not sound right at oh, all. Oh, I do remember that. With yeah. only the three voices at first, we were like... It didn't mm-hmm. work with three. It had to be four voices. Yeah, yeah. Like, Maybe we should just keep it two voices, because... Yeah, there was that debate Jamie's on. was so far removed from ours. We were like, this wasn't the effect we wanted. Yeah, it ended up sort of like pulling your ear sort of in two different directions. Yeah. Like, you were trying to focus on one, like, our, our, well, our it voices. It sounded like two characters other. talking. Yep. Yeah. And then Mitch came in with sort of like an intermediate tone, and that's that's what kind of married everything back yes. together. Yeah, that well, pulled it all together. What's even cooler was like I was able whenever we were like recording and stuff like that, just listening to the other two's vo- vocals, I could actually like either pitch myself up or down based yeah. on what the actual like fill in. Yeah, yeah, what what it needed. Yeah, so it was work for sure. But honestly, I feel like we all had a lot of fun with the Madigo, especially in its more sarcastic or Snarky just like moments. disdainful, oh, yeah. <laughs> disdainful. I mean, yeah, it was frustrating at times, but like you got to be just so hammy. I liked voicing the Madigo because my character at in this season didn't really come in towards the very end. So with the Madigo, I still got to be involved. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, so we have Selma, who got introduced this season, which we, I don't know how much we can really say about Selma yeah, though. Yeah, I don't want to... More to be seen later. Mm-hmm. Yes. I am excited about the introduction of Selma into this uh, Me dynamic. Me too. So, so we can't say that much about Selma. Other than the fact that I'm nervous to voice her again, because when we did her voice recording session, I was sick. So my voice was much lower than it normally is, and it was easier to do that. And now that I, I've been sick like the past month, so trying to record with Jessica has been a bit of a challenge. <laughs> I mean, maybe Selma <laughs> was sick that day. <laughs> but it's also going to be like a lower... Yeah, trying to revisit the character and hit that same low register, we'll, I'll have to work at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and we'll, we'll be working at that. And we've, we've got time, you know, between now and season three. We've got a whole other, you know, However interseason be, arc yeah. <laughs> between here and there to do. And then, of course, there's Beast Claw Ray. Yeah. Yes. Beast so. Bay. Beast Claw <laughs> Ray. <laughs> okay, you have to you have to tell yeah, about yeah, the story behind us all. Mm-hmm. So, so first of all, Beast Claw Ray wasn't always like a big part of the of season two. He was originally sort of like uh, just sort of a smaller part, I mm. think. But a few years ago, we went to a lecture about the medieval concept of lycanthropy. And before the Beast of Gévaudan, because the Beast of Gévaudan is really like more like 18th century. That's where our modern concept. Well, and it's where we ascribe more like the monstrous and dangerous parts of it. Yeah, that's how we think about werewolves now because of because of what happened in the 18th century, which is really fascinating. If you haven't ever looked it up, look it up. It's a really interesting story because parts of it did happen. But this story, like this lecture was about the sort of earlier concept of werewolves in medieval Europe. So the Lays of Marie de France, which is what Beast Clavre mentions to many in episode four, that, I mean, that, that is a real thing. <laughs> they, they, there are 12 tales, and one of those 12 tales is about the tale of Beast Clavre. And it, in the lay, it calls him a garwolf. 
But anyway, the whole point being <laughs> that it's a really, really interesting story. It does differ from um, sort of the modern werewolf stuff, but you can definitely see where our modern concept sort of jumped off from. And learning about that earlier concept of werewolves and garwolves. I don't know. I just, I couldn't resist when I was writing this. Folding I couldn't in, resist yeah. bringing that in. <laughs> Which but, I'm not complaining about. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm a fan of werewolves and media, so I was happy when Jessica told me about this character. Yes, <laughs> and I, I was just, it's really cool kind of getting to like dig through a bunch of different like myths and stuff. But the, the Tale of Beast Claudre is really cool. Um, when I ran across it, once I learned about it, and once I started writing this, I couldn't resist folding it in. The whole thing about not being able to transform back into a human without clothes, clo- your specifically your clothes, that <laughs> that is a big part of the Lay of Beast Clavre. So anyway, that first informed his character. That's where like the idea to put in this sort of werewolf came in. But the rest was just natural part of the writing process. Yes, a natural part of the writing process. And the song came about because... <laughs> and the song came about... Thank you. And the song came about because for English speakers, I think, or modern English speakers, there's something kind of difficult about pronouncing Bisclavre. Well, it's that S-C-L-A section. Like, yes. Skla. Yeah. That's not something we really say. Yeah. When I first started getting ready to record, I had to keep repeating Bisclavre to myself. I'd be like, Bisclavre, 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 Bisclavre. <laughs> and, and then uh, it just started naturally taking on the... Um, Be Our Guest. Yeah, the melody of Be Our Guest, Be Our Guest. With the French accent. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, it, it's it just all kind of fit it's easier to say if you say it with a French yeah, accent, or or if you sing it, and and that was really sort of the the key is some reason like singing it helped like train my tongue and later Jamie and Mitch's tongue how to how to put those consonants together and make it flow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe this is a good time to segue into favorite characters. Which there aren't that many this season, so it won't <laughs> it's be hard. A small cast. <laughs> um, and uh, and just favorite like favorite parts of production and or like the podcast itself. Well, I, I guess I'll go because I already mentioned that I'm a fan of werewolves. So, Beast Clavre was my favorite mm-hmm. character of the season. <laughs> I think the part I liked best was probably when he's like chasing Minnie through the tunnels and stuff and it gets really intense (laughs) I like that part and the part afterwards when they're in the woods yes so yeah when he I liked I liked I liked seeing him wolf out yeah (laughs) (laughs) well I mean I also I just think on just a normal level we can all agree that Beast Clavre is a dilf I guess each (laughs) season has to have one well, it, during, so the, during the drafting of this script and sort of character preparation, we did start referring to him as the were-dilf. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I had to keep that in mind as I was sort of like trying to arrive at like, how, how should I sound for this character? Yes, yeah. Which is why how I tried... How would you want your were-dilf to sound? Yeah, which is why <laughs> I tried to whispering. drive it sort of that like soft, thoughtful, but a little bit husky. Yeah, I think you did great. <laughs> I, I really I think you it. nailed it, Jamie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I would like sweet nothings in the voice of Beast Claret, that like nice husky growl. 
Well, no? you, you two are married. Too, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> so we, just no, turn maybe. it up. Hey, just say, just, talk like Beast Clavre. Uh, <laughs> talk to me well, like Beast Clavre. <laughs> I, I do appreciate the vote of confidence, Claire. I already respected your work in the inner season being like a main character. But I respect it even more having been a main character now, because holy <laughs> shit, it's a lot of work. I, I've been bit parts since the jump here, but there's just so much more pressure on getting a main character right. Well, you were a main character for the whole season, so that you did good, Jamie. Yep. Well, in fairness, like there's there's like two episodes where I was not speaking. Yeah, so. yeah. You were just you were just I was I would just call you and say, okay, Jamie, pant into the microphone. <laughs> uh, pant, growl, yelp. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the part where you really get to get was, into it. Wasn't the last one like just hey, I need you to chuckle? Okay, yes, just, just an entire evening, evening of hey, chasing me around the house. Yeah, for a I chuckle, need you to yeah. come over here and chuckle, and it needs to sound good and genuine. Uh, <laughs> now it that, can't sound strained at all. That said, my favorite character, like I, I, I really like Beast Club, right? Since you know, I had to sort of develop him in my head, but. I gotta say the Matago beats him in my in my estimation. Yeah. Just because I cannot get away from my love for sassy magical little shits. Yes, um, and, and that is what the Matago is. All of my favorite D D characters have been sassy magical little shits. Like <laughs> it, it's my whole thing. Yeah. It's your whole vibe. Yes. Your Cryptid fan. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will give you guys one guess as to what my favorite character is. Um, I am currently wearing a shirt that says, We're all cats here. I just really enjoyed just turning on the ham and being as sassy as humanly possible and like also kind of hissing and growling a little bit in my speech. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> just I don't know. I I it called to me, so to speak. What is what is that one song where it's like, it's fun to be a cat? Uh, oh. so. uh, it's Aristocrat or Aristocats. Oh, yeah, okay. I was like, hopefully it's not from Cats, cats 2019. No, God, let's cat. not revisit that. No, <laughs> never again. <laughs> we will not be spending this New Year's watching that New Year's Eve. No, no amount of alcohol could make that okay. No, no. but also circling back around to Jamie, that was your favorite character, favorite part of the podcast. Oh, gosh. That is hard for me to pin down because there was a lot of really interesting things. There was a lot of good moments this season where the action was just like, there was a lot going on. It was fun to listen to, fun to read. Yeah, honestly, like episode three, things got really visceral when they started coming together. <laughs> yeah. Like all the squishy sounds of soldiers getting mushed by gargoyles and stuff. Okay. Although, okay. I think I know what my favorite part was, and uh, selfishly, it's something I contributed. Yes. Uh, it was the spells in yeah. episode oh, three. Oh, yes, that's right. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed writing those. Yeah, so I first wrote the spells, but dear fans, dear listeners, do know, I'm okay at prose, but I am not a poetry person. I'm not good at that. But Jamie happens to be very good at that, so eventually I just turned to him and said, hey, babe, can you please... Can you please write these for me? <laughs> please make them better. Please make them make sense and sound pretty. Well, the originals were good, but I think like what I read through the script and I gave you a few points at some yes. areas and I was like, this just needs something a bit more. Yeah. And that was when like a melodic quality. Yeah. When you yeah. recruited Jamie. Yes. Yeah. 
And yeah, I mean, that, I think that came together really well. Well, and as a production note, like me and Mitch dropped out of the Madigo for those sections. I think because Jess was conceiving of this as it's echoes of the original witches who were doing who, this. At the time, mm-hmm. the coven was mo- was like female, mostly. sort of echoing through time. Yes, the witches. Yes, <laughs> the witches. So, my favorite part, going back. Everybody wants to be a cat, and whenever the Matigo envelops uh, yeah, Minnie, that was pretty great. <laughs> also, be silent. Yeah, oh, that God. was really when when I when I put that together because at first it was just like the regular Matigo voice, and I was like, no, it needs something else. Uh, and when I added that extra, like if you know, I... really deep voice, it like mm. mm-hmm. it's so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well. What was your favorite part? I don't know. Like, for me, it's it's kind of hard to say, uh, to pick, like, favorite characters. Sure. And, and it's not even that, like, I love all my children equally. It's that <laughs> I just really liked everybody this season. I mean, and Minnie, Minnie is, I mean, Minnie's the main character and kind of gets overlooked in some ways because she's sort of... A vehicle <laughs> for the story. Yeah, yeah, but she is starting to kind of undergo some changes we haven't really we didn't really get to see it in season one because it all happens like really fast right and she's not even really at this point where she can process everything even towards the end but starting in season two it's it's sort of the beginning of a new part of her like character development arc and i mean you can already see that i I feel like in season one she was already tired a little bit run down from everything but now, for instance, when she's walking away from Marie Babineau's cottage and, and she's seeing this like really beautiful sort of <laughs> a vista before her, this really lovely green springtime medieval village enchanted sort of vibe, she starts to enjoy it and then she just kind of dismisses it because she's like, this isn't important right now or anymore or this this isn't my reality anymore yeah yeah like uh oh i wish i could capture this and send it to my brother but like that's like so far in the future for her and so removed from where she is right now that it just sort of everything like the hearing the sounds of war and everything she's been through has already started to leech some things away like the color from her hair. I, <laughs> that's, that's one thing that I really appreciate in your writing and just your narration is you're always conscious about every single change that has happened to her. Like, you know, whenever you're trying to describe, oh yeah, she's still deaf in this ear. Yeah. Like, it's still a very abundant and that part is of that story. Going, it is going to have an effect on how she experiences the world and mm-hmm. how she handles challenges. Well, yeah, it's like a permanent disability. Yeah. 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 That's something I appreciate too about the writing because in a lot of like you know stories things that happen to characters aren't like the re- the reactions are often forgotten or aren't realistic of what it's like oh and then they were real fine life. Yeah. yeah it's like they went through this horrible traumatic experience but they're they're fine they're yeah. fine now yeah no lasting no. effects <laughs> i had one good cry and now i'm okay yeah yeah no many is still permanently deaf in that ear I will, spoiler alerts, tell you right now, that doesn't get fixed. (laughs) Quote, unquote. Yeah, like, this is not a story where someone gets a disability and then, and then magically it's all... It's all better in the end. It's all better in the end, and she's whole. Minnie is already whole as she is. Let's just get that off the table. Like, disability does not make you... Incomplete. Incomplete. She will, she does miss that sense 
for sure, but that's not something that's going to get just hand waved away later. Mm -hmm. She still is recovering from hurting her ankle. That's Mm -hmm. still a problem. Now she's going to be recovering from blood loss. Yeah, Uh yeah. Which is more of a short-term thing. Yeah, it's a short-term thing, but she's also, like, by the end of of season two, uh, I mean, she is exhausted. (laughs) She's, like, covered in scratches and bruises. She's been, like, walking for hours and hours and hours in, like, really tough conditions. Yeah, she's... She is taking damage, and it is, like, remaining with her, so... Um, she has not taken a long rest in D&D terms. Yes, no, she hasn't. <laughs> Man, it would take a, lo- a lot longer than just a long rest yeah. to get rid of some yeah. of those stuff. But she's still trucking along, but it's still affecting her, and it is not reasonable to expect people to be able to just do this, but she is going ahead and doing it. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know, I mean, as an action hero, I think she's... If you would consider her an action hero, I don't know at this point. <laughs> she is... By some measures, for sure. Yeah, she's she can't shake it off indefinitely. <laughs> like, mm. you know, she just shrug it off. It might catch up to her. Yeah, it, it might catch up to her. So, although that being said, too, this is a story, and the needs of the story also have to be considered. So. Yeah. <laughs> Require the, the protagonist author. to still be able to keep going. Yes, mm-hmm. I am the author, and I am God, and... <laughs> I, 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 say try, so. I, I try to make things as, I guess, sort of logically consistent as I can. But also, this is a story, and there is magic, and, uh, and we are <laughs> we are within the confines of a podcast. Yes, so. exactly. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm really excited, I guess, to explore where Minnie is going, because, yeah, this is the beginning of sort of a, a trajectory for her. And the Madigo is not necessarily helping how she feels about things because the Matago is presents a harsh view of the world. Yes. A, a very um yeah, very dark and uh transactional view of the world. Adopt this cat. Yes you can have my blood. Yes you can have everything. Just Please be with me. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, the, the, the Matigo would... <laughs> Sells his would soul to the devil for some cuddles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but also, like, uh, I get it. <laughs> okay, so that's favorite parts, favorite characters. Oh, I didn't say favorite part for me yet. Oh, okay. So, okay. I was going to make a joke about how we were saying earlier, fav- your favorite character was German villager number three. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one singing drunkenly in the background <laughs> in, in episode one, that's my favorite. <laughs> but favorite parts, like, I feel like this, this podcast, like this season kind of went, did a whole bunch of different things. So it's actually kind of hard because I really liked them all. Uh, I really liked the gargoyle scene. It was extremely Mm. finicky, and also I almost had a total breakdown because when I was working on that episode, I was like five minutes from the end. I had done all the, like, soundscaping except for the last five minutes, and then my audacity just, like, threw a fit and lost all of it, so I had to start from scratch. So that was not fun. Audacity is a sound... Yes, yeah, 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 a sound... What you do your sound editing on. Yes, sound editing program. (laughs) The audacity. (laughs) Uh So so I almost... She had a full-on crisis, yeah. (laughs) But, uh... I hope you learn to do backups now. I I, I did. I was pretty obsessive, so, um, in the last few episodes. But that was a really finicky sequence, but when, like, it came together, I feel like it came together. Yeah, So I really enjoyed that, but... uh, 
in a way, and maybe this is just because it's fresh in my mind because I just did this scene, but possibly my favorite scene is the very end of <laughs> of mm. season two when Minnie and Selma meet. So mm-hmm. why is that your favorite scene? Well, that's to be determined, Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> So, su- suffice to say, we'll be seeing more of Selma yes. in future seasons. <laughs> yes. Seeing more. Those violins were very, very peculiar. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, there was uh, definitely, I, I was putting something down, and I'm hoping that everybody out there picks it up. <laughs> so, I don't think I was being particularly subtle. And if you're blindsided by things that happen later, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> I, I think I was pretty, uh, I think I, I hinted pretty strongly at where this might, this might be going. <laughs> may be going, who knows. <laughs> may or may not be. I mean, you might just torture us all and just like have Selma killed real quick or something. Just like start of episode season that's, three. That's where it's Never going. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> season three, episode one, a shot ring out. <laughs> And then Minnie was alone with the Madigo once again, which is rapidly becoming her greatest nightmare. Or it was the Madigo that pulled out the gun. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, my, no, that would be if I was writing the season <laughs> out from the shadows. Uh, my mom was like, I called her and I was like, oh, mom, how did you like the end of the season? And she was like, oh, baby, I loved it. And she's like, but what happened to Beast Clavre? Last time we saw him, he was like running yeah, off into the underbrush. That's actually my biggest question, too. I what happened indeed? What happened indeed? Hmm. I guess you're just going to have to I tune in just, for season three. Yeah, I guess you're just going to have to find out. And then What she, happened to the weirdo? Yeah. That is my <laughs> top priority. I demand answers. <laughs> J, J. Jonah Jameson voice. I demand pictures of Weirdil. <laughs> I mean, internet, you know what you must do. <laughs> uh, we haven't gotten any fan art we yet. We haven't gotten any fan art, and I'm really excited for whenever we do, because I feel like We'll have made we'll, it. We'll do shout outs, guys. Yes, we mm-hmm. will. Yes, we will. We will reblog and share and retweet, except Twitter's like in the toilet, which so honestly, maybe, not, maybe, maybe not good retweet, riddance. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but if you send it to us, <laughs> we'll find a way to get it out there. Yes. And I would just be so pleased because I feel like you, I feel like there are, there are, um, there are milestones to like if you've made it and of course there's like you know however many number of downloads you've had or whatever how recognizable your podcast is in certain spheres but i think there's two very important two very important thresholds that tell a property that they've made it and one is having fan art done of something that you've made And the other is having fan fiction written. I was going to say, what about the erotic sphere? I wasn't even thinking about like erotic fan fiction, although often that is what it is. But just like fan fiction in general, if somebody like takes my like little world and is like, I want to write a little tiny story inside of it, I'm just going to be like, ah. <laughs> But, like, I don't think I can read it for legal reasons, but if I saw that it existed, I would be like, this warms my heart. <laughs> and then I would read it <laughs> and no, tell you if it was I good. I don't think that you either. <laughs> we'll just, we will just, like, sit and stare at the title and be like, aw, and then give you kudos and, and, and stuff. So. And maybe we'll look at the tags and decide how alarmed we need to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, alarmed, intrigued? 
Porque no los dos. Least favorite parts? Okay, least favorite. I'm going to go ahead and guess that yours was losing an episode. Well, yes, yeah. but I don't think that really counts because that's just technical difficulties. Okay, sure. I think that counts. That's part of the process. <laughs> um, that, okay, least favorite having part to redo one. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, least. Okay, that was that was very not a fun experience. I don't know. I mean, there there were just some really finicky sound editing parts, and it's weird because I hated it at the time when I was trying to do it. But then later, I was like, "Wow, this is great!" Because like the product came out, I think pretty well. Um, oh, I think my least favorite part, and this is a problem that I've noticed in season one too, and this is why at some point I need to get like a line editor or something. I tend to. I, I keep freaking noticing because I'm listening to these episodes like a billion times. I notice that there's like a word that I used frequently in an episode or or a phrase that I lean on. And so that started doing after a while that starts to do psychic damage to me as a <laughs> as a writer. I'm just like, I can't. Oh, <laughs> oh God, I've noticed it. and Now I can't unsee it. Yeah, so if I was to say that there was something that was not fun, it was probably probably realizing that as I'm going through these episodes. I don't know if I had a least favorite part. I liked, yeah. I, I mean, I like working with you guys. I like coming here and doing the voice recording. Maybe I'd have to say trying to record while I was sick. Oh, yeah. I just didn't like the way my voice was sounding yeah. and that was kind of difficult. Well, and, and yeah, that was, uh, whenever you came in, I was like, it's okay if we don't do this today. And I, we did have like the demo where like a few weeks earlier we had. Yeah. Just like run through lines for fun. We hadn't yeah. even really been that serious yeah, and about like, it. We could do use this if we needed to, but Claire, uh, talked it out anyway. And, uh, I did really like, the delivery of Selma's lines. Okay, so we I'm glad you did. It. Yes. <laughs> <A little laughs> Least favorite part when Beast Clavray wasn't on screen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when Beast Clavray ran off into the underbrush and his fate remained when unknown. Was, <laughs> when he was injured. <laughs> <laughs> but but see, is that your least favorite part or is that a good, like, angsty, mm, he was injured? Well, I feel like it takes away from the romantic suspense a little bit because, like, as well, Minnie's and- tending to his wounds, he's like, I'm married. And you're like, okay. <laughs> oh, that's the... So yeah. morally, I can't ship these two. <laughs> I mean, you can do anything you want, but... but yeah, you but can. Just, <laughs> but, but, I mean, ask, you know, this is, this is very relevant. In fact, in the actual canon of the story, there is nothing between Minnie and Beast Clavre. <laughs> now, in fanon... Yeah, in, anything you want in the realm of the internet, we know that people and, will. And I respect that. That's okay. Go ahead and play to your heart's content. But in the canon, Minnie and Beast, there's nothing going on between Minnie and Beast Clavray in a romantic sense. They're respected colleagues. They respect each other, and there is an almost somewhat paternal. Beast Clavray respects Minnie as she is an authority, she is capable of handling herself. But she is also younger, and he is older, and there is. I didn't think to he was so extent, old, though. He isn't like terribly old, but he is older. She's not young enough to be one of his children for sure, but she's not like not she's young just enough sort of, like, to call old. him daddy. Yeah, so. yes. <laughs> but 
but you know, when the when the chips were down, he was like, go to Minnie. And then he was like, I'll just go kill all these guys. So he does like, there is sort of like a while protective. While dramatically taking off my pants. Yeah, while well, ripping <laughs> the shirt. Literally ripping off my shirt and getting ready to rip off my pants. Like, so, um, so anyway. I yeah. did not act that part out. No. no. Oh, method acting. <laughs> yeah. Method voice method acting. Method acting in the Goblin Booth. Oh. <laughs> um, Which the Goblin Booth is down the for the first time in like four months. Down. Yes, there's sunlight coming back into our kitchen. Um, we have different plans for up. sound. We have different plans for sound baffling in the future that may uh, make the Goblin Booth a thing of the past. Oh, that'd be nice. But we'll have to hold like a retirement ceremony yeah, a or something. Retirement schedule. bonfire. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's a good. Bonfire. Wood, wood's expensive. Yeah, yeah we're using that these yeah. days. It's expensive yeah. to burn. <laughs> there's a lot of like that really thin wood that you. Can Use for miniatures or whatever. Yeah, that, that's good. That's good quality plywood. Okay. We're not burning that yeah. shit. That's fair. <laughs> All right, Very Jamie. Fair. Least favorite parts of production and or anything that happens in the story. Well, I I, I genuinely really enjoyed the story. Um, my production gripe was mostly my own issues because I felt the pressure of being a primary character. So like, honestly, it was a little stressful. Uh, uh. Well, uh, just, like, making sure that I was doing my homework and doing my prep and stuff. Because, like, yeah. I, I know for the inner season, Claire did a lot of work, like, practicing on her own time to, like... Well, I, I understand what Jamie's saying, because you want to do justice to the character. Yeah. And you're, like, you feel that you're an amateur, but you're, like, I want to get better. Yeah, and I was definitely <laughs> feeling that, too. So, like, I, I made sure to put in my time in the background, but... Getting in the booth, even just driving at those takes, uh, could get a little bit frustrating, mostly for the Matigo, actually, because like timing, y'all. Yeah. Timing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it has to be a perfect match, and the Matigo or, does or not. Or very near. And the Matigo does not speak like a like a modern human being <laughs> speaks. So yeah, it it was a little stressful, but well worth it in the end. Yeah, the the product came out well. Like, I would do it again, but I wouldn't enjoy doing it again. I feel like... I I enjoy the product. I think one production weirdness was, like, the fact that these microphones don't really pick up my voice too well sometimes, and you've had to, like, bump me a lot. There's actually, yeah, there's sort of a weird... I don't know if it's just you, because I've had it happen to Jamie from time to time, or me. Mm Mm-hmm. But suddenly I'll be like recording in Audacity and the like waveform gets really, really small and it just doesn't pick up voices that well. And it's, I have looked up and down to see what the hell is going on, if like what's affecting the volume levels. And I haven't found what it is yet. So we just have to work with it. Yeah, it's a mild annoyance. Like most of my gripes are like super duper mild annoyances. So I don't. <laughs> This is going to sound really weird since this entire season is pretty much in a cave. I don't really like cave dwellings stories is the thing. Is it because you you it, it it's a fear or something? I think it might honestly be yeah. because I don't even like it like in video game format or yeah. like, you know, it movie format. It's very claustrophobic. You don't you have a very limited supply of what you have at any point in time and you can't see the sun. Yeah. I didn't know that about yeah. you. Yeah, I didn't either. I, well, like, but I feel like that that's kind of what makes the story effective, though. Yeah. Because it's feeling yes, it's all uncomfortable. That. And actually, yes. you know what? If I was going to say, sorry, let me go back to my favorite part. <laughs> um, I actually do think that my favorite part, the part that I'm most proud of, is episode five, 
when everything starts finally going down and the passer shows up and Minnie runs off. And like my favorite part is when she like slips down the tube and Ooh. gets stuck. Oh yeah. Because that's the part that made me squirm. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's because like, I'm like, so we're in this fantasy land where there's these like creatures and stuff. And that has thus far mostly been the type of horror that we've been examining <clears throat> in the harrowing of Minerva Damson. It's ghouls, it's vampires, it's, um, you know, gargoyles or the beast or the Matigo to a certain extent or whatever, passer or the passer. But, but this scenario was one that could really happen. And has happened. It has happened. And honestly, the scariest part about this isn't the creatures. It's her imagination. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that part is the part that I'm the most proud of and that I really liked the best. Mm-hmm. And it's synonymous with your least favorite part, yeah. which is funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So what are we looking forward to <laughs> with season three or just like in general in the future of no, the harrowing of Minerva Damson. More Matt <laughs> <laughs> That will always be Mitch's answer. I mean, the answer is cat. <laughs> no, no spoilers, there will be more Matt yes. More cowbell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need more cowbell. <laughs> You're saying that the thing in the logo is actually, you know, prevalent throughout the entire story? Cat. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, I'm interested in seeing more of Selma. Yes. And yes. in voicing her. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So, I, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about Selma, too. <laughs> uh, the fate of Beast Club Ray remains to be determined, but what I'm looking forward to is honestly just seeing where the story goes. Like, every season has been themed on a different kind of horror so far. Mm-hmm. Season one was, like, the horror of trench warfare slash zombies uh which honestly it could be considered like an expression of the horrors of the trenches and stuff like that and like the intercede actually works really really well yeah honestly i think that's i think that's why i liked season one so much is because like this is gonna be one of those works where like jessica just wrote the story but then the fans go back and find all this deep symbolism the the thematics (laughs) just kind of like leak out on it yeah the the themes kind of leak out on their own after a while but and then the interseason it was just sort of this like almost familial horror that Mm -hmm. was going on which oh god i love that (laughs) And then this has been, like, earth, stone, claustrophobia, what have you. Yeah. So, like, what what, what new depths mm-hmm. of fear will we explore next? Yeah. <laughs> something something in the water. <laughs> I mean, Jaws. You, you, you joke, but... Oh, no. No. <laughs> oh, is water something that sets you off? I mean, I don't like to be the first to jump into deep water. <laughs> I will let someone else do that. Hey. <laughs> I understand that fear. Well, your turn. I I think I am also looking forward to kind of exploring perhaps hopefully a new facet of horror. I'm always getting like worried that I'm going to just end up being one note. So I'm always... I don't think you need to worry about that. You know, mix it up. But I have an idea of where we're going next. But I always surprise myself when I'm writing what ends up coming out. Well, the story has a will of its own. It does. It really does. I mean, I guess the same as everybody, like Selma, the Matic. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm just excited. <laughs> I'm excited for what comes next. Well, you're the author. You should <laughs> so, be. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I am. Do you have any idea when the third season will come out? Because I so know we're I, about to enter the holiday season. It'll be pretty I, busy uh, for everyone. I really don't want to jinx myself because 
the moment I say a date, it's, it's going to be the opposite of setting it in stone. It's going to just... Fling it out the door. Yeah, it's going to be like, no, that's not happening then. But maybe maybe we can start with like, okay, we want to have the interseason in the works by... I, I would like to have the next interseason arc out by March. I would like that. And, you know, then maybe three months later, season three. Ideally, back when... Maybe I had an unrealistic idea of how quickly I can work. Or rather, I, or, how much work or all how of much, this is. Or how, how quickly you can coordinate four other people to work with you. Yes, and and we had Miranda passed away, and that threw all of us off yeah. for, for quite a while. Um, so I don't actually have a really good idea of how quickly or slowly I work. Ideally, in, in the beginning, I wanted to have two seasons in a year. And then an interseason arc between those seasons. That might be a bit ambitious, because it is actually a lot of work for a tiny little team like us, and I'm doing like most of it. Ninety percent. You're doing the lion's share. <laughs> yeah, yeah seventy Easily. to ninety percent. I don't really know, but but I'm doing the majority of the work. So you know, it really just depends on my my own pace yeah. like, remains it to be on, seen yeah. yeah it depends on uh how much energy i have and focus and because this isn't the only thing you're doing it isn't the only thing i'm doing so yeah but ideally it would be a season an off season and a season like maybe like three releases of the harrowing a year three products three products that are associated with it i guess and i'm also doing the delilah docs right now so. which is a patreon exclusive it is a patreon exclusive <laughs> So lessons learned. Lessons learned. So remember how we talked about time management? <laughs> and I uh, and I said, I preempted at the end of the Chevalier like wrap-up, I said, I don't know if this is going to work for season two, but <laughs> because I'm going to Ireland for like three weeks in the middle of production of season two. So, you know, I'm, I was hoping to get ahead, but expecting at some point that would catch up to me. Well, that's exactly what happened. So <laughs> the totally avoidable and yet... Not unexpected. <laughs> yeah. The, the, Curse the, your sudden but inevitable <laughs> betrayal. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the, the totally expected uh, and unavoidable thing happened. <laughs> so by the end of the season, I had the first two in the can when I went to Ireland. Episode three was like the monster episode and also like a bunch of my progress got eaten. So that set me back. And then so from like episode three onward, it was like three, four, five. I, and well, yeah, three, four, five and six. I was making basically making them the week before. So we don't want to do that again. Good news is everybody had a lot more time this season to learn their lines. Mm. Yeah. Typically. <laughs> <laughs> Another good lesson learned is that next season we'll be doing table readings ahead of production. Yes. Yeah, That's we'll a actually, good, good idea. We'll actually have time to do that because, yeah, yeah with the whole trip that I had, it just kind of blew everything into complete. This whole year has been a mess. This has been a yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been a. <laughs> has been has a time year. even passed since twenty twenty? Yeah. Like, what uh, is time? <laughs> <laughs> this season, I practiced my lines for Beast Club, right? Just like going back into my office and reading the script out loud, mm -hmm. which was fine for like some initial stuff, but. There's something different that pops out when you're playing off um, of each other person, yeah. as characters. Oh, that and, and that's what we things. ended up and doing. Also, 
a table read aloud is a good idea because sometimes when you're practicing by yourself, you'll get like a pronunciation in your head that is the wrong pronunciation. Mm-hmm. But because you've practiced it for a while, that's the one that you keep saying. So then when you find out, oh, that's not how that French word is said, or even some English words that you've just always said in your head. Yeah, like some some hashtag relatable millennial content when everybody thought it was Hermione instead of Hermione. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so I think that table reads will help that. That got me too. Yeah, no, table reads. Honestly, though, like, I kind of enjoy just walking in and being like, okay, you need to focus on this, and I don't know if table reads are going to actually help me or not. Well, we'll find out. Yeah, we'll It'll find be out. like a D&D session. You just become bit. a different character. Yeah. 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 That's fair. And then you can start getting the intonation down right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like, honestly, so much of what I have brought to the table, such that it is, is from my time as a dungeon master. Yes. Like, <laughs> that is where I practice doing voice D&D stuff. d is a gateway to mm. podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, let's start the 4,000th D&D podcast, guys. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm bringing my experience from. So, like, table reads are kind of like a natural outgrowth of that. Yeah, yeah. That, and then, for me, stop reusing phrases. Do better line edits, for the love of God. Mm -hmm. I need to be better about catching those things. Mm -hmm. I think my, I I, I don't know if it's a lesson learned or just my, like, goal for myself is to keep practicing my voice acting, and I want to get more expressive with my voice when I'm acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have... I have trouble with that. I don't want to, like, overact, so I tend to underact. It is such a surprisingly, like, difficult line to find. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's that's my goal for yeah. myself. Okay, all right. Mine, honestly, is just to learn. Well, okay, so when I was doing Madigo stuff, just understanding where desyncs happen. Like, I was kind of just learning from you and being like, oh, yeah, I think... The reason why it doesn't sound quite right is because of here, and you make a tweak, and, and it would, yeah, and it, it, would, it, would it would snap just, into place. Yeah, and refining was, your ear. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I guess we're we're towards the end. So plans for the future. All right, so Start plans for the future boss. for mm-hmm. <laughs> for for me. Of course, there's season three. We all know that, but also the interseason arc, Goliad Gabby. I'm writing that right now, and it's. It's going to be a bit of a departure from, like, sort of the tone of the harrowing because the harrowing is a gritty action horror thing. And Gold even Chevalier, the, yeah, yeah, it was darker Pretty in tone. Pretty dark. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, and also, by the way, uh, <laughs> we're sorry to all French-speaking people. We don't speak French and we are trying our... Honestly, all non-Americans. Like, we're, we're doing our best with the pronunciations. Yeah. <laughs> we, we are, in fact baby voice actors slash amateurs so we're trying our best we're sorry we're butchering things because i know learning. i know chevalier is not how you actually Chivalier. yeah yeah it's mm-hmm. it's it's i feel like it's uh different than how i'm saying it so <laughs> but anyway golia gabby that's the working title right now it might end up being the title uh is pretty different from the harrowing of minerva damson and uh, chevalier because there are still sort of like danger elements involved, but it's much more of a almost like sort of Western action. It's an action romp. coming of age. Yeah, sort I'm of. getting I'm getting almost like Indiana Jones. Yes, fun you vibes. should. <laughs> you well, should think about it as like a teen Indiana it, it's Jones. It's like girl. the first 15 minutes of the Last Crusade. 
where he's still a teenager. Did you yes. know all that stuff? Did you know yeah. they actually had like a movie series called Young Indiana Jones? They did. I, did. I used to yeah. watch it. I had VHSs of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. To give you an indication of our age. Was it an animation or was it like... No, No, it was was live live action. Oh, Uh it was live. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I I can't remember which episodes I had or like which movies I had, but we had them. But so, so yeah. Speaking of Dilf energy, Harrison Ford. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 What were we talking about? Cursed casting? Like, (laughs) Harrison Ford as... Beast, Beast <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be cursed because no. I think he'd do it. Yeah, I, I don't. No, think Harrison he'd be Ford, bad. as he is now in his seventies, as Beast Clever, eh? Well, that wouldn't fit because exactly. he'd be like seventy. That's why it's cursed casting. But we're talking about eighties. But he still plays younger characters. Okay, like prime beef Harrison Ford yes. as Beast Clever eh, would be prime yes. beef. Yeah. <laughs> I said like, what like, I said. Like Blade Runner. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Like Indiana Jones. Like Han Solo. Yeah. Anyway, so... (laughs) Tangent. Han Solo would be a little young, I think. Thirsty tangent. Okay. Um, (laughs) Moving on from Harrison Ford. (laughs) Goliad Gabby is going to basically be a teenage adventure coming of age story. And I'm really excited about it. Uh, I'm really excited about that. And also I have the Delilah docs, which, like I said, uh, the Delilah documents is the Patreon exclusive series that I'm doing that touches a little bit on like events that have already happened. Sometimes it talks about things that will be exclusive to that series and probably like won't pop up again in other parts of like the podcast. And some of it is going to foreshadow things that are going to happen later. And you don't have to obviously like listen to the Delilah documents to know what's happening or what's going to happen. But it's like really fun and interesting information to have. Yeah, it it intersects with, but does not directly inform the primary series. Yeah, like the story about the Wild Hunt. (laughs) Yes, like the story about the Wild Hunt. It deals with a lot of other interesting aspects of mythology, though. So if you like that part of the podcast... I would or, definitely check it out. Or if you want to find out what else is going on in the European theater yeah, in this universe. There is a lot going on. It's I, I would say it's almost kind of like the Order's sort of SCPs or something like, like archives, or maybe the Magnus archives, I just guess. Just like short incidents of like, oh, well, here's some crazy and bullshit just, that happened. And like piecing it together yeah. as you go. So I'm, I'm going to continue working on the Delilah documents. It's also a really, really nicely recorded series, oh, honestly. Yeah. It's a good oh, It's recorded like it's, you should say, like, yeah. A wax recorded. cylinder or like, like it's a... Older uh, recording. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like the sound is from... Yeah, sort of like a wax cylinder or a phonograph. It's got that sort of like... You Crackly. Know, what, what, what era yeah. would you say? Like 50s? Uh, no, no, no. It's the 30s. 30s? And this is, uh, I believe, 1933. Yeah. So um, when when the Delilah Docs is happening. So, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff. I've had a lot of fun putting things together because... The way that I think about this whole setting, it's like a thousand moving wheels. Mm. <laughs> so sometimes it gets a little... So yeah. proposed fan uh, title for Goliad Gab- Gabby is Rootin' Tootin' Cluckin' Shootin'. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, veto. <laughs> Hard veto. Um, and uh, also, you know, honestly, we're just working on a couple of other unrelated projects to like the harrowing. The Harrison Ford 
topic leads into <laughs> one of the uh, podcasts. That's true, actually. <laughs> well, Claire clearly has one thing on her mind. No, but. I'm just saying <laughs> it was a good segue. It is a good segue into... Media morsels. I've had this idea for a long time. I love talking about the types of media, like different kinds of media that have like shaped me as a creative. Like It's interesting to draw the line between like the things that I'm really interested in and do as a creative now and like draw a line back to the things that influenced me in that direction in the first place. So Intermedia Morsels, which is basically going to be a podcast where me and my friends sit down and will like watch or read or listen to or, you know, otherwise engage, experience one of these formative works of art from my childhood up, honestly, till now. Like things that feed me creatively and talk about them and also things that feed some of my friends creatively like there's going yeah, to we're be we're all creatives of some stripe yeah we're all creatives. we've all got sort of a core memories associated <laughs> yes. with pieces of media all of us can go back into our childhood or even a few years ago and be like oh this trope this is where it all began and this is what got me into that trope and honestly, as we're talking about that, we're also going to be talking about like the media itself and other cool things that it did that maybe we didn't pick up on the you know first watch through or read through and, or pick up when we were children. Yeah. And maybe some not so cool things viewed from uh, today's lens that uh-huh. Jessica yeah. will try to avoid with her own content. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, I mean, lessons learned. Honestly, you can learn as much by looking at what you don't want to do uh. <laughs> or what something did wrong as looking up what something did well. But mostly it'll be a fun romp through older media. Yes, mostly it will be that. And believe me, like my family had some really weird eccentric tastes in media, particularly movies and books and television shows. Honestly, everything. I I may have mentioned, I can't remember if I mentioned this in a previous season wrap up or what, but when I first got introduced to Jessica and her family and her family culture... I thought they were from a different dimension because they kept coming up with these movies that were from a time period that I existed in. But I had no point of reference for where any of them You'd came never from. heard of them. Like, what is this? And yet they're all like really good though, well, aren't they? They all have something to offer. I'll put it, <laughs> I'll put it that way. He won't go so far as to And then like there's some super popular stuff that they just never seen. Yeah. Like I said, Hocus Pocus. I I did not see that until like two years ago. This is a travesty. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so yeah, Medium Morsels, that's the sort of chaotic introduction to like the the concept of this. Well, and to be honest, if, if you're enjoying listening to us bullshit right now, Media Morsels is going to take a very similar format. Yes. yes. Maybe a slightly more structured. So, yeah, uh, Media Morsels, but also we're working on another sort of audio drama concept that is Jamie's sort of baby. I hesitate to call it an audio drama because it's going to be basically just a straight comedy. There is no set release date as of this moment. No, no. But the concept for working title Route 6.6 is... The random happenings of a truck stop in outer space. Yes. So if you like that kind of thing, 
we're in pre-production right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're writing music. We're putting together scripts. We're casting. We don't He's have a logo. Writing music. We don't have a logo. We need to do and yeah, fix we that. Need to, yeah. Oh, which brings me to Plans for the Future merch, which we keep saying yeah. that we're going to oh, do. Oh, you need merch. We need to we actually need, make those posters. We need like, a Matigo like plushie. Like today. Yeah. A Matigo plushie. I mean, the Matigo plushie, like, that's, I'm on board that's for that. stretch goals. We have to wait till like, we have a certain listenership. And, oh. and can expect people to actually buy it because right now support we're... us on Patreon if you would like to have a spooky cat plushie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right now we're still pretty small, but we're growing, and so I am really hoping that we can get a Matigo plushie. <laughs> yeah, I want to say our daily download numbers are almost twice what they were for season one. Yeah, they are definitely. We are moving on up. Yeah. So, uh, but. Uh, stickers and things like that like maybe a t-shirt we can literally do that. today we should like sit we down we should and sit do down we'll have a today. working meeting after we yes. finish yeah, <laughs> yes. please oh my goodness so those are uh i think i think those are the plans for the future as we have them as it is right now so uh i'm hoping to release the first uh episodes of media morsels in hopefully january fingers crossed you know the new world's year, new project yeah <laughs> new year new project the world's kind of crazy and it's always throwing a curveball so we will see and we're about to enter the holiday season which <laughs> yes the holiday season is and and then and then the post holiday season where everybody's recovering so that's a holiday hangover <laughs> yes hopefully in january we'll have that going on and that will be a lot of fun i'm super excited i know that it's a good concept when i look at my list of media that i want to like we're go ex- through we're excited and, and i can't pick like it's hard for me to narrow down what to do in a month because i'm so excited to talk about all of them <laughs> so uh, and it's so. it's movies that aren't really like mainstream that a lot of other people have maybe yeah. talked about there's there's a few of them that are because how could for instance we Overlook the Princess Bride, which mm-hmm. was formative creatively yeah. for like pretty much all of us, I think. Yeah, on yeah. some level, in a big way. Um, but mm-hmm. but there's also going to be a lot of the really weird, obscure ones that really informed me as a kid, but literally almost nobody else has ever heard of. And then we'll be bringing some of our own niche media to exactly. expose just yes, to I'm periodically. A, I'm actually really excited about the Flip the Script episodes yeah. where mm-hmm. like, I get to see something new and talk about it and, and think about how it could inform me mm-hmm. <laughs> and going forward from here. So look forward to that. Thank you for joining us on our season two wrap up. We really appreciate you being here. We really appreciate you listening and we hope to see you again, so to speak, for the next interseason arc and season three. And if you want to continue supporting us and if you want to sort of boost us, there's there's actually several ways that you can support us rating us on like things like Podchaser or Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That by itself goes a really long way. And of course, sharing us, recommending us to your friends, plugging our instagram yeah plugging our instagram we also have a youtube channel if anybody is interested we in sharing do. that too and it doesn't get enough love in my opinion oh yeah yeah and it does have the advantage of if you want to sort of read out the transcript yeah if has, you prefer closed captions that's not yeah it has closed captions and we're working on getting the transcripts put on the website for like every episode so that it's a bit more accessible too and last but certainly not least we have a patreon if you 
can't get enough of the harrowing of Minerva Damson. <laughs> you're, you're like, you're freaking me out. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying, <clears throat> in the warm, welcoming vocals of the Matico. Support us on Patreon. <laughs> and if you support us on Patreon, you'll get access to not only ad-free episodes, but also the archives where we put additional interesting information and the Delilah documents if you sign up for the Maiden tier. So if you want to show us some love, any of those things, all of those things really help. And once again, thank you so much. We're really glad you're here with us. And we look forward to bringing you more of the harrowing. We hope you kept you entertained at least somewhat. Yes. (laughs) We'll see you soon. Safe travels, fair nights. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Harrowing of Minerva Damson and its related stories are written, narrated, and produced by Jessica Linkhart, and features additional voice work by Miranda Lewis, Claire Miller, and Jamie Sykes. Art assets done in collaboration with Mitch Lewis. Thank you for listening. Our tale will continue next week. <laughs>